Let us begin today a new day, a new life for all of us, Baruch Hashem. We're here again to try and strengthen our, our relationship with other Jews, to try and strengthen our relationship with ourselves, to try and learn to be more positive, to learn to be more loving. And the only way to do it is just like taking a bath and that you need it and a shower, is that we recommend it daily. Because if a person, just because a person was motivated yesterday, just because a person is positive yesterday, doesn't mean that he's going to be positive today. That's very, very difficult sometimes, because the Yitzhahara always wants us to see the negative. The Yitzhahara always wants us to focus on what we're missing. The Yitzhahara, the second we wake up in the morning, wants to tell us, we didn't sleep enough, my day is going to be like this, what happened last night, whatever it is. But the pshat is, is that we learn to fight it every day. We start off with the Chavetz Chaim, who mi ha'isha Chavetz Chaim ohev yamim. Because our days as Avraham Avinu in this week's parsha is the Avraham zakein ba bayamim. Is the pshat that Avraham Avinu is ba bayamim, lives every day. You want to know what your life is? You're living your life today. Today is our life. And the way for a person to learn to live his life for the future. Everybody worries about his future. People worry about what's my future going to be. The best thing you could do for your future is you could learn to live today. Because in your future, you're going to be stuck with your todays also. So it's going to be today in your future. As we've said many times, that today is yesterday's tomorrow. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. So it's already tomorrow, today, from yesterday. And tomorrow, you're going to have the same thing. Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow. You guys don't know that. Oh, you guys are Sorry. Okay, good. Okay, good. Sorry. Right? Okay, good. It's good to know what the island's holding. Right? So tomorrow, right? Everything is about tomorrow. Everything's about tomorrow. Know what's interesting about that, by the way? The tomorrow that we want to be thinking about is the real true tomorrow, as, as Esav says in this week's parasha, Michra Kayoim. Michra Kayoim. I mean, Yaakov says it. But, but the fool only focuses on today and he doesn't think about his tomorrow. So it's ironic. You've got to learn when to think about your tomorrow and how to think about your tomorrow. You have to learn how to think about your today properly. Because somebody who is only focused on today, oh, I want to get all my enjoyment today. He's not thinking truly about his future. It's the person... Do you mind trusting me you're disclosing that for now because of the thing? Please. Right? A person, it's ironic. Right? When a person thinks... Thank you. When a person thinks about his tomorrow and he's worried about his tomorrow, so he's not able to enjoy his today. When a person's really thinking about today and he's investing in today, that's the greatest investment you can do for Tomorrow. That's what's incredible. Yes, truly. Really. It's a good thing to think about today. Like, I'm going to make the best of today that I can have in the tomorrow. Exactly. Meaning the more you build your todays, and the more you build your nows, the more you learn how to live for tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow is the same thing. You ever notice the same thing happens every day? Groundhog Day. Anybody see Groundhog Day? That's right, right? It's the same, same exact thing. Same exact thing. Here we go again. Oh, how ironic is, is it that I wake up in the same mood more or less every day? 
How ironic is it that I see the same person and that same person bothers me in my brain every day? How ironic is it that all these thoughts that I have come up all the time consistently? No, until you, deja vu, until you change it, nothing will change. If you don't begin changing your thoughts, if you don't begin changing the way you live, then nothing will change. If you change nothing, nothing will change. So what's um, um, amazing is we start off, now listen to these halachas, listen to how deep this goes down to. Talk about bringing up a family, talking about getting married, talking about having children. Listen to this. this. These halachas are so powerful. Page 123, day 46, impurity of speech. A few of the chevras said they already finished. Guys are finishing purity of speech left and right. Left and right. I can't mention everyone's name because some of the people wanted to remain anonymous, so I won't mention their names. But uh, the warriors know who they are by finishing purity of speech. It's not about finishing. It's about doing it over and over and over and over and over again. You never finish it. It's like Masilzi Sharm. When someone says, oh, I learned Masilzi Sharm already, that means that... uh, he didn't learn Masil Sharm because Masil Sharm himself says that it's not about learning it. It's about constantly going over it. That's why we do what we do here. The reason we do what we do here is because we're not trying to be machadesh. We're not being machadesh anything. We're not making anything so chiddishtik and new. What we're doing is we're reminding ourselves what life is about. We're reminding ourselves how we want to live. We're reminding ourselves what's important. What's important in life. Listen to these halachas in purity of speech. Listen to this. This is incredible. Children. An area of Lashon Hara in which people are not aware of. And I'd like to open this up for discussion because it will be. It's very complex and it's unbelievable. Is with children. People think that since children are children, then you're allowed to talk about them. Now I'm going to say something. This is already not getting into most, only a few of us here uh, with children. I just want to say something. Talking to your wife about your children can be Lushen Hara. Now, obviously, what are you talking about? How could that be? I'm talking to my wife. It's obviously Litoelis, which means I'm doing it to help. So the question is, are you doing it to help? Or you're doing it because you're angry at your child? You're angry, right? You guys are not holding there. But the way it works is you could actually say Lushen Hara about your child. Now listen, before we even get to that, listen to what the Chavetz Chaim tells us. Yes, Rabbi Berg, you want to add something? It yeah, looked like you. They hear you talking to your wife, and then they know it's true. Yeah, right, 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 right. It's true. Behavior, now listen to this. Behavior which is considered age-appropriate for that child is permissible. Listen to the intricacies of the halachas of Lashon Hara. Meaning if you say there is so much competition between my five and six-year-old cousins, they keep on fighting. The two-year-old next door throws tantrums whenever he wants something. That is permissible. Why is it permissible? It's permissible because it's age-appropriate for a two-year-old kid to throw a tantrum. However, caution, 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 caution. If... A result, as a result of discussing the child's negative behavior, even if it's age appropriate, you will cause the child harm, or you will hurt the feelings of the parents, whatever it is, then you're not allowed to say it. 
For example, you tell, the example the Chavetz Chaim brings is you tell a foster parent. You tell him that your two-year-old foster child is so stubborn. Says the Chavetz Chaim, although it's age-appropriate for a two-year-old child to be stubborn, but you might have the parents, because they are foster parents, they might lose love for the child, and therefore you're not allowed to say that. Unbelievable. Behavior which is not considered appropriate for a child at age is Lush and Hara, and you're not allowed to relay. For example, that 10-year-old girl bites other children. That 12-year-old boy doesn't listen to his parents or his teachers. So that is something that you're not allowed to say because it's not age appropriate for that. To say your three-year-old kid bit another child, okay, kids sometimes do that. That's not Lush and Hara. However, if you need to ask for advice on how to deal with a child, then it is permitted. So obviously what I was saying with your wife, obviously if you're sitting with your wife and you're talking about your children to say, oh, you know, I'm having, we're having trouble with so-and-so. How can we learn what his love language is? How can we learn to give him more? How can we learn to understand him more? How can we understand, I give this bracha to everybody here. How could we learn how to be better parents? Instead of blaming the child to say, what am I doing wrong? Not what's the child doing wrong, but what am I doing wrong that maybe is, is having an, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, 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 you know, uh, bringing out in the child whatever it is. Usually a child who is throwing a tantrum or a child who is acting out in school. If anyone's read the five love languages, uh, put it on your list as something that you must read. You must read now. I would advise you to read it now. But for sure you'll read the five languages of children to know what the love language. Right? The love languages are, the five love, love, love languages, just to chazer over, are touch, um, words of affirmation, I love you, right? giving your child a hug, telling your child you love them, telling your child you're awesome, going ahead and helping your child with their homework, doing things for your child, that's number three, buying your child presents, gifts, that could be a, 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 you know, a, a, a piece of candy, it doesn't have to be you know, uh, buying them big things, and the fifth thing is quality time, spending time with your child. So many times, especially in Mitzvah Shem, when you have a lot of children, this child's love language is words of affirmation, this of saying I love you a lot, this child needs quality time. So if you're not giving the child who needs quality time, quality time, and you're only saying I love you, I love you, I love you, the child might not feel the love. So what happens? He's acting out or she's acting out in school, or he or she is acting out. You as a parent want to focus in on yourself to try and understand what can I do to love my child more. And it's something for a person to work on. It's something that happens to all of us. It's something that's one of the hardest things for a person to do. That's why I always say the best way to be a great parent is to, is to love your spouse and to have a great relationship with your spouse. Why? Because this way together you're working on understanding what the love is, you're understanding what your child needs, and you're able to blame yourself for whatever it is that you have to do for your child. Question, comments, please. I know this is a big subject. Yes. Are you allowed to tell your child, be careful with the 
By telling your child? Yeah, of course, to protect him. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? Worry about Lajar? Oh, if, if the child's hurting someone, you have to tell them. Yeah, be careful. He might hurt. Yeah. Again, that's already Toelis. That goes under the category of Toelis. Yes. Yeah, a person does. A person has all five. A person has all five. Just two of the love languages are are usually dominant. Everyone has all five. If someone gives you gifts, you're okay, you're feeling love. If someone does things for you, you're feeling love. Someone gives you a hug, you're feeling love. Someone tells you you're awesome, you're feeling love. Someone spends time with you, you're feeling love. But some are more dominant. Children, for example, is very important. Children, and some of you might relate to this, if your love language is... If your love language is um, touch and hugs and touching and you were hit as a child, so that could be much worse for you than somebody whose love language, main dominant love language, is not hug and touch and they got hit. So this guy who got hit, right, he's, you know, rebels like crazy. He hates his parents. He hates them. Why? Because that's his love language. This other guy, the brother, the same brother, the same person got got same patch and it didn't affect him as much or you have a parent who's verbally abusive right and says a lot of negative things or a parent who doesn't spend quality time so if your love language is quality time as a child so your parent doesn't spend that time so you know in theory that you that you're loved but you don't feel the love all right that's getting into a whole discussion but the point is you see from the Chavetz Chaim you see from the Chavetz Chaim that even when it comes to your children you have to be sensitive and what it is that you're talking about when it comes to children in general. You have to be careful. You can't just say, oh, they're children. They're children, so you can say what you want. You can't say what you want. Oh, that kid's wild. You can't just say that. Now, again, I want to be very clear. When you're talking to your wife and you're really working out, I'm not saying that you're not going to get frustrated sometimes with your children, but, but if you follow the halachas of Lush and Hara, of going ahead and saying, let's work together to figure this out, then you will figure it out. If you're just rolling your eyes saying, oh, I can't deal with this kid, I can't deal with this child, that's a very dangerous thing to do. If Rabbi Erblich, if you have any insights, Rabbi Erblich's a big tzaddik. He's joined us, you know, and he uh, knows how to raise wonderful children. So if you have any, any insights, and, uh, and, and sons-in-law, and sons-in-law. So if you have any insights into this, you know, Rabbi Simcharaba, anybody here, Rabbi Friedman, it's very important. Tzvila. What? Tzvila, yeah, right, exactly. Right, it's true, it's true. Well, that's where you're not going to, person's not going to speak Lashon Hara. He's not going to speak Lashon Hara about, he's not going to be angry, he'll talk to Hashem to help him, correct? Tzvila, yeah. Yes, Tzvila. How about, let's say you think that you didn't get enough love from your parents. Right. Is it your job to what? Yes, yes. It is your job to do something about it. What you could do about it is you could fix yourself. If you fix yourself, that's the best way to do anything for anyone, especially for your siblings. A lot of times you have older siblings who feel responsible to help their younger siblings to save my younger siblings from what I went through as a child to save my younger siblings of the craziness of my parents. 
And I will tell this to everybody. The best way to do that is become healthy yourself. And the more healthy you become as a person, then your siblings will watch and see your healthiness, and they will, they will follow that. If you try and get involved, now obviously, chas v'sholom. Oh, Rabbi Tzvi. If chas v'sholom, you're dealing with parents, you're dealing with a scary situation where there's real, real problems, okay, you might have to do something, but, but those are very rare cases. Those are cases where, those are very rare cases. The best thing somebody can do for his siblings is to become healthy himself. Correct. Correct. Children, in a certain way, maybe you could concur or not, but children can have be more influenced sometimes from their siblings than they can from from their parents, and it's true, especially when you have a family like that where there's more of a contact with older siblings. So it's true. There's a major responsibility. That's why I'm, so you're just validating what I'm saying. So the more healthy you become, the more healthy anybody becomes, the more healthy his siblings are going to come. In general, it works like that. The more healthy, yes, from Simcha Um Not to um, um, veer off, but yes. um, was saying, um, and the rabbi's like answering that, like, you know, fix yourself. Right. So obviously, like, you know, that's, um, that goes, you know, for sure true. But I, for myself, I just think that I just have, like, a personal example where, like, I, I grew up, like, very distant from my parents. Right. Um, obviously, I had a lot to do with that, you know, you know distancing myself. Right. And um, I saw my mother for, like, the first time in, like, a lot of years, you know, now that I'm living in Israel. And I had this weird thing that I wanted my mother to give me um, um, childhood photos. It was like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And I asked her for it, and she gave me a bunch of them. And I had them all around my house of pictures when I was like six and seven, this and that. And every time I looked at them, I feel like this like, love for my mother. And like, it's not like, I wasn't, I, I won't necessarily say I was trying to fix my mother, but it was like, it was a need that I had that my mother wasn't necessarily giving me just, I guess, like, you know, if you don't ask for it. But like, there's like, I feel like there's like another. Your side of like, I'm not trying to fix anybody, but like, if I want a hamburger, you gotta get as for a hamburger, and people usually, hopefully, will be somewhat willing to work with you. So, if a person is working on himself, it doesn't mean, oh, I can't ask my parents for a certain love, it just means, you know, don't scream at them and say it's your fault. You just say, like, hey, like, I'd really love some pictures of my childhood, or I'd really love to like schmooze with you on the phone. And if that's an available thing, you know, if it's not, it's not, but at least to be like an owner and be willing to ask for it. Like, you know, not, again, you know, it's still coming from yourself, but... Why not? So first of all, Shkoyach, that's simple. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think at all, I, I mean, I don't, I think... What I, mean, is that? I, just, I felt like when a person starts saying, like, oh, it's on me... It is on it, me. Right, so... It's on me to ask for the pictures. Right, exactly, yeah. So... It's what, yeah, exactly. It's on me to, to say I want to become healthier. So it's on me. Whatever I have to do... To become healthier, I'm going to do. That's not that's not a that's not a stira. I, I think one of the the things is that we expect to get accepted by our parents, many of us, and that expectation could destroy someone. Right. And if we remove it, we don't we accept we accept ourselves then we'll be fine. We need to accept our parents. Oh right. That's true. Beautiful. 
That is true. That's a high level. No, that's a high level. What Shlaimi is saying, and what Rabbi Tzvi is saying is so true. A lot of times we're waiting for our parents to accept us, which is the normal, typical thing for a child. But, but when you learn to accept your parents for who they are, that is when a person can break free from a lot of the, the um, you know, challenges and the difficulties that, that a person can have. Yes, Yisrael. Yeah, basically what, is, what it was saying is that if you have a foster child, so the relationship between the parents and the child could be it's not as natural because it's not the natural child. So if you would insult and say something negative about the child, it'll cause, it'll cause a distance between the parents and the child. In a case like that, you would, ha- you would be, have to be more appropriate. Correct, correct. That was the point. Okay, yeah. Oh, Rafi. Yeah, so that your parents could have different love languages. You could have, you could give to your parents by doing by doing acts of kindness. The different love languages that everybody has. Parents parents are people, so they also have love languages. If if you're not good with hugs and kisses, so don't do hugs and kisses. You could you could you know say thank you so much. You could do things for them. You could call them quality time. First, you have to know your love language. You have to try and understand. Well, your parents, if you try and understand what your parents love language, that would, that would be amazing. You'd be a hero. Would a person have different love languages, though, with different people? No, 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 they're dominant. No, you have five, you have, you have five, everyone has all five love languages. You have to read the book. Everyone has all five love languages, but you have dominant languages of love. Yes? Does it make sense that you could have, like, a specific, like, certain love languages will only apply to, like, uh, your friends, not necessarily with. Your oh, that's what Rafi was just asking. Yeah, I, I think no. It's the, the, you have, you naturally like. Two are dominant. The dominant. What dominant between parent and child? Between anybody, between husband and wife, parent and child. That's what you crave is love. You consider love. If somebody <laughs> buys you, some people you buy them a present. They're like ah. Some people it's like okay, that was nice. Another person, you give them a hug. Oh wow, I need a hug. Right? People whose love language was hug is is physical, and their parents are not physical and never hug them. So they're like, so that's more painful than if your love language is is quality time and your parents spend time with you. If my love language is I need people to spend time with me, and my parents were too busy to spend time with me, that'll hurt me more than if my love language is a hug. Right? And my parents did hug me, but didn't spend time with me. That's all. It's usually a match. If you get the match, then you're good. Okay? Yeah. I feel like, um, back to like Rafi said, that it could be different for different people. Let's say I like, in general, like for people, like, I'm a hugger, right? Right. Not necessarily that it would be that with my parents, will it? Yeah. As a child, for sure. That's where it comes from, sure. You read the book. Everyone, you read the book. It's a, it's a, you get the book. Amazon. You ever heard of Amazon? Amazon, yeah. 
Right. It could be. It's, it could be. No, no. Divorce is divorce. It's still a natural child. A natural child is a natural child. Okay, Hashem should help us all. We should all be Zoha to do as you see, Lashon Hara is not just something for um, for being careful, right? As we know, we've said this many times, the people that you hurt the most are the people who are closest to you. So a lot of times a person thinks, oh, Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara only applies to outside people. But the truth is, within your family, a person has to be very, very careful not to hurt the people in his family with Lashon Hara as well, as the Chavetz Chaim says. And this is something that is very, very hard to do. Because the pshat is, is that when you go home, when you're home, that's the place where you let down your cover the most. That's where you need to sort of be the most you. So the more you can work on being a positive, that's why I tell everybody here, Mir Hashem, everybody here, Bez Hashem, when you get married, you'll take the purity of speech and you'll learn it with your wife. You'll learn it with your children. Because if in your house, in your house, you talk about the Hilchus Lashon Hara, if in your house you say, we don't talk about anybody else, we just talk about the people, and that means even when you're with siblings, with your family, and there's another sibling who's not there, you don't have to talk about them either which is something that naturally happens. People want to talk about, oh, this brother, this one did this, this, this. No. Let's talk about the people who are right here with us. When a person does that, he builds a different family. He has a different household. If there's no, could you imagine, dream. If there's one thing you want to dream about in your household, is dream that there's no Lush and Hara in your house at all. Could you imagine how beautiful a house that is. Hashem should help us all. We should be zochah to start now. This is where it begins. To be sensitive to what Lashon Hara is. To be sensitive that Mitzorah, remember, Mitzorah is Motzi Ra. It means I have negativity in me, and that negativity in me spills over to other people. If I fix the negativity in me, and I become more positive, then that will help me spill positivity outside of me, as opposed to Mitzorah's Motzi Ra, is because I am negative, I see negativity in other people. Yes, Shalom Zalman. Uh, I think in the five, uh, love the Exactly. Correct. Not even, not even receiving not it. Receiving Correct. Correct. Well said. Yes, Shalom. Um, back on the nowhere, saying like a little store or father of the house, the, the rest of the family looks up, up to them. It's like saying that like it's, it's just so, so true. And when, when the father of the house, let's say, at one point was, was one way, the whole dynamic of the house is going to be sad. And the whole changes and does it the whole, everything totally, totally changes. So Correct. On us, once we get to that point, to like really have whatever we do, that's the way the family will be. Correct, correct. Well said, Shalom. The, the, right, beautiful. I want to say something. What, what, what's amazing that Shalom's saying is that right now, at your stage, 
The way it works is, is that you're dependent on other people's energy. So therefore you can blame other people's energy. The reason you're a grouch is because my father's a grouch. My mother's a grouch. So therefore you have the grouch card to pull and to say, okay, hey, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a foolish guy, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, I have my ADHD, I have my whatever I have, but it's all because of X, Y, and Z. Now, who are you going to blame? If you're sitting there talking about grandpa and grandma at your house to your children, and you're sitting there saying, oh, guys, the reason I'm a grouch is because my father and my mother was a grouch, right? Your kids are going to look at you and say, like, wow, what a loser, Dad. Like, you're just a grouch. Like, why are you blaming, like, classic Dad? There he goes again. He's blaming his parents for his grouchiness. It's like Shalom saying, the more you become and you learn how to become a generator of love and a generator of happiness and a generator of all of that, so then your house ends up becoming a big uh, generator of all of the above. That's why I always say, this is why it's so important when you're here in yeshiva now. Because the girl you're going to marry is going to be a very clear definition of what your house is going to look like. One of the five things that I tell people when, it, when they're ready to get engaged is, does your wife like to talk Lashon Hara? Is she negative? Does she like the negativity? If she is, that's very dangerous for a person. Very dangerous. It's not how many problems people have. It's not how many problems people have. It's what they're doing with their problems and how they're trying to live their life. Yes. What? People act positive. You pray to God, yes. You pray to Hashem? I hear. I hear your kasha. Don't worry, Shalim. You're going to end up with a a beautiful girl inside and outside who's positive, loving. Right? Shalim, you're going to have to shout. I want, to, I want to just spend a few minutes I want to spend a few minutes with probably the most important lines and it's very heavy for me to say something like this because I love Masil Sisharm Masil Sisharm is my life and I could say that to say that these lines are probably from the most powerful lines that I've ever learned in Masil Sisharm is a very heavy statement but it's the truth and we're coming off of just to give a little bit of an introduction to what we're coming off of we're coming off of when I am doing a mitzvah, we always say, Asher Kiddushanu B'mitzvosav. Whenever we're doing a mitzvah, we're being nichlal, all the Jewish people. It's brought down when a person spends his day, L'shem, Yichud, before he does a mitzvah, the tzaddikim would do, L'shem, Yichud, Kutsha, Brichu, Shechinte, V'dechilu, Rechim, L'yachid, Shem, Yud, Kevim, Kol Yisrael. Is that it's not just about me. It's about the Jewish people. There's an Ain Anili Mili, 
There's me trying to live the way I want to live. And then there's uchshani la'atzvimani. There's the responsibility that I have for the Jewish people. I was just, uh, anyone who was at, right, the first thing they always say to a bar mitzvah bachar, I was by Rabbi Niehaus, by, by the bar mitzvah, and I told the bachar, 13 years old, welcome to the club. You now are part of the team. We need you. A Jew does not live alone. When you're doing a mitzvah, when you're learning Torah, when you're going ahead and you're going through your struggles, you think that you are going through your struggles alone, I promise you, you are not. And if anybody here could write down, when you get a little bit older, you'll see this, but when someone your age goes through certain things and you wonder, why do I have to go through this? What do I have to deal with this? But then when you get a little bit older and you're able to help other people, you say, oh my gosh, the whole reason I went through what I went through as a child, the whole reason I went through what I went through as a child, whatever I've gone through, all the pain, was what? For other people. A Jew is never living in the world alone. A Jew means he's part of Klal Yisrael. It's appropriate for these parshas. This parsha of Yaakov Avinu, Beis Yisrael, Klal Yisrael. This is when we're born as a nation. We all are there for each other. To the point that when a person goes ahead and does a mitzvah, he's supposed to realize that the mitzvah that I'm doing is a mitzvah that hopefully, and we've seen this many times, how many times do we see someone davening? How many times do we see someone davening? And we see someone learning? And we see someone doing something, and what happens? We look at that person, we're like, ah, I'm so inspired. How many times, right, you go ahead and you see a guy like Yaakov Deitch over there in the corner over there? Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I'm saying that because Yaakov's a quiet person. He does things bitsneous. As quiet as you're going to be as a Jew, that's how loud you're going to be as a Jew. The more quiet you are, the more loud you are. The more you do things that you have to do, having in mind the right things, you affect so many people. Listen to this line, guys. Listen to this line that the Masil Zisharm says. It's, 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 it's so, I'm so thankful that the Masil Zisharm tells us how to live. And here's the line. Ki ein baruch hu ohev, which is a very scary thing. Because he says it, Ain HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ella. He's not saying HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves. He's saying Hashem only loves. Ki Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu Who does Hashem love? Ella Lemi Sha'ohev Es Yisrael. Who does Hashem love? Not, oh, Hashem loves everybody. The people Hashem loves are the people who love the Jewish people. As they say, the bigger the tzaddik, the more he loves the bigger Russia. If you can work on loving another Jew, and I want to say something, that includes loving yourself. It includes yourself in loving yourself and loving others. And people want to say, oh, but I don't love others. You know what? That's something for a person to work on. You can work on loving other Jews. And it starts in yeshiva. It starts with your roommate. 
It starts with the guy in the dining room. It starts with the guy across the hall. It starts right here, to love. We live in a generation where people hate. We live in a generation where there's so much hate. But says the Ramchal, the more love you love to another Jew, love. So the more you love a Jew, the more Hashem loves you. How incredible is that? Question, comment, and then we'll wrap it up for today. For me, this is like incredible. Now, personally, I just want to say one thing before we get to the comments. It is difficult to love Jews. It's difficult to love people who are not like you. It doesn't mean you love someone when they're like you. It means you love yourself when they're like you. When someone agrees with you, the try is that you love yourself, you don't love them. It's when someone disagrees with you. When someone has a different type of style and you respect them and love them anyway, that's true love. God willing, you'll see with your children. You'll see with your wife. It's the children who are not like you naturally, who you have to force and learn how to find and how to love them properly. When your wife is, is acting a certain way or you're acting in, in a relationship that you're not going in the same direction, that's when a person has to work on loving. When you see another Jew acting a certain way to say, how can I learn to love that person more? Question, comments? Yes, Dovi. Yes. Like at the end of the day, yes. you know, life's about it's about me, you know, I gotta be sure I'm doing my part, getting my brownie points in. And then there's these like other points that come in, you gotta get married, you gotta outsource, you know, you're yourself, you gotta have kids, you gotta you know, you gotta have and like you just said, you're not alone. But I th- I thought I didn't understand it, but I guess you wanna say it makes sense because how you approach them is still on you. You know, it's still it's still it's all on you, not still on you, it's all on you. It's all on you. It's all on you. It's all on you. And the quicker a person realizes that it's all on him, the happier he becomes. The less a person, the second that you begin to realize that my happiness, the second a person begins to realize my happiness, my, my, um, whatever it might be. Ah, shalom. Whatever it might be. As soon as a person realizes that, that it's up to me to be healthy, it's up to me to be happy, it's up to me to be successful in all areas of, in my life, it's up to me to be positive, it's up to me to build a relationship with Hashem, it's up to me to be good to other people. The more you take full responsibility for your life, that's when the happiness comes and that's when you begin getting to work. As long as you're living in the world of people owe you, then you're in big, big trouble. People don't owe you anything. The world doesn't owe you anything. So yes. Yes. Um, I think it's, it's harder to love yourself more than other people, but I think the way I <coughs> a lot I'm able to love myself more is by loving other people because when I love other people and then I think well why am I being so hard on myself I would never ever do that to someone else mm-hmm. and when you keep the more you are loving to other people the more mm-hmm. you're able to realize how to love yourself beautiful beautiful 
Amazing. And I, and I want to say something interesting a little bit um, in what Shalom's saying is that you also have to learn when you learn, and this is what um, I, I forgot who was saying this, when, when you're learning your love language is that the more you, love, you learn your love language of yourself, Shalom, so the more you're able to tap into what you need. What do I mean by that? If my love language is words of affirmation, so then if I tell myself I love myself, then that will help me. If my love language is, let's say, quality time, then when I spend time with myself, that'll help me love myself more. If my love language is gifts, so then, right, I could buy myself things. You got what I'm saying? That's also a way to tap in. A lot of times, we're not tuned in to the way we connect to love. But the more you connect to what your love is, then you start really <coughs> hitting yourself in the right place. But you are right. When I start loving other people, so then that will help me. But a lot of times it's because I'm not clear with myself what I need. I'm not tuned into myself. I remember there was a point where I was in like a situation where I was like totally unhappy. Wasn't, and there was like another friend that was also in that situation with me, also going through the same thing. And I one time just saw him like standing in front of the mirror by himself and just like, Telling himself he's amazing. He's like, don't worry, everything that, like, something happened earlier the other day, someone said something good negative, and he's like, whatever that said, it's not true. I know I'm amazing. And wow. I'm good. And I was like, see what you're doing? And I was like, whoa, that's, that's unbelievable. That's wow, wow, amazing. That's amazing. And especially if your love language is words of affirmation, so then if you write to yourself, I am, there, there's something called affirmations. Anyone's ever done this, and especially if that's your love language, you write, I am happy, I am great, I am sensitive, I am this, and you do that, that could build your, your, yourself up, especially if that's your love language, especially if that's your love language. Okay, Hashem should help each and every one of us. Yes, Rabbi Simcharaba. Uh, just on how this thing about loving people, um, especially with like, you know, how we like, you know, like they say like, um, <coughs> talk is cheap. I think that um, it's like, you know, from uh, Mary Mattel that it's easier done than said. Right. Um, I constantly have conversations with the Huda race about like the Israeli mentality that like, it's not, because there's so many Jews here, there's not such a friendliness like we find in America. Like in America, if you find a Jew and he like looks a little Jewish, doesn't matter what he looks like, you feel this like connection. And here, because everybody's Jewish, you don't have that automatic thing. Um, so I asked this guy in Kiryat Sefer how, how he's so friendly with people, and because he lives in this like very um, Israeli culture, and he was like, well, I walk over to a guy that I've seen a few times, and I say, Shalom Aleichem, what's your name? And I just like, when you're talking about it, that like, it's our responsibility, exactly. we need to be an owner. Like, Correct. if you see garbage on the floor, don't, com- don't complain about the garbage, pick it up. Correct. So if a person, and this room, there's like 100 people, if everybody would like, do a practical thing, like, Correct. I'm gonna go out of my way, once a day for seven days. Correct. Say shalom aleichem to some guy that I've seen Correct. a few times. Never, Correct. And like it practically, like it can really create. Correct. It's easier done than said. Correct. Really, Correct. Really beautiful, beautiful Rupsim Karaba. Beautiful. And I, and I want to say something on the details, and we'll end off with this on the details. The details of how you are expressing love to other Jews is step two. Step one is as Rupsim Karaba is saying. 
that the commitment to love other people rests on me. I got to find the way how to love my parents. I got to find the way how to love this group of Jews. I got to find the way how to love my roommate. I have to find, and that's painful. It's painful sometimes. Why? Because we want everyone else to change. Because if everybody else changes, then I don't have to do nothing. What do I have to do? I don't got to do anything. Let everybody be so loving to me. But once a person realizes that the onus is on him, it's on you to spread that. It's on you to be positive. It's on you. And I want to say this. It comes with Hashem. It's the same exact way. We've said this many times. If you are waiting for Hashem to change your life, if you're waiting for Hashem to change your life, Hashem says straight out, and Mesil Sharm says straight out, Hashem will help you and will follow your lead. He will follow your lead. Hashem should help each and every one of us. One of the greatest things, yes, Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, so, so I just want to quickly point out that, uh, that, you know, I don't want to start any whatever over here, but just in case of somebody might think that this is on like some crazy level, that first I need to be selfish and then I can give whatever, that their own college himself says uh, straight out that it's, uh, 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 that everything we're saying is, uh, you call it far safer, you call it thought. Correct. Correct. To everybody. Correct. 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 Kikara ve'lecha. Thank you, Rabbi Huda. Kikara ve'lecha hadavar ma'od. Right? We think that it's so complicated. We think it's so complex. It's not. It's a decision to live your life and to live a good life. Everything we do is a result of a decision that we make. Whether we make a decision to live negatively, we make a decision to hate, we make a decision to be a victim, you make a decision to, to space out. Those are all decisions that we make. Yes, Dovi? Uh, I heard thing once that a lot of times we think life is, you know, like one plus one. Right. You know, it's really one, it be anything. It's so, and, and we think the same thing with ourselves. You know, we're unpredictable people. Five unrelated, five loved languages. It turns the tables all around. It's really just predictable. Correct. Correct. Chuck was in the room right now. There is a route to get to his heart. You know, everyone in here has a route to get to where, you know, to get to our... Correct. Uh, Correct. The key is to know. Correct. Correct. The key is to know yourself as the, as I forgot which tzaddik said, the goal is not to know Hashem and to believe in yourself. That's not the goal. The goal is not to know Hashem and to believe in yourself. The goal is to believe in Hashem and to know yourself. That's the goal. So Hashem should help us. The biggest thing, our biggest challenge is our past. Our biggest challenge is our past. It's not our future. Because our future is scary because of our past. So if we're able to smash our rearview mirrors, if you're able to live in the future and live in the present moment and dream the dream that you want to live, I want to live a certain way, those dreams will come true. Hashem should help us live today as the first day of the rest of our life. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Shkosh.